Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome in episode 101 of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's sweeping the nation as it continues to do so. Uh, well, I've got just a few more episodes of season two yet to go. There will be a full season three. We uh, love each and every one of you, man. You guys are great. The uh, numbers are strong. The downloads keep growing and growing. And man, I appreciate each and every one of you making this podcast uh, what it is. And it's our little passion project. It's a place that we can all go have unfiltered conversations, have fun, not fight all the time. And uh, give impassioned arguments and thoughts and opinions without being judged the way fucking Twitter and Facebook and other social media sites do. So thank you uh, once again, once again, for all your patronage folks, we've got uh, a solo show today. So I am indeed, it's just one man's opinion. If you haven't heard the round table with my fantasy guru guys, Armando and Tyler, Art Russell and I talking fantasy football, go back and listen to episode 100. A very lengthy episode, but one that you will get a lot out, lot out of. Today, I've got a lot planned for today, and not sure how much I'm going to end up getting to. Um, I want to cover the wild card round in the NFL playoffs. I think most of you download and listen to the show for my football information, advice, and all that. And yes, I'll weave some personal life stuff into it. I've got updates on what we're doing at Fantasy Guru and Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. So I've got all that going on as well. I do want to give shout outs to some folks. Uh, you know, this is the time of year for me where I get to do all the odds and ends that I haven't been able to do. I, you know, during the football season, every moment of my day is just regimented. I, I have, uh, it's like being at class or at college 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, I, I film study at this hour. I have to do data analysis here. I have to write from this hour to this hour. I have to be on a live stream at this hour or a podcast at this hour, radio at this hour, this appearance, this time, this appearance, that time, you know, and it, if I get backed up or anything, you don't eat, you don't sleep because you jammed it too full. So a lot that went on, but I want to shout out some people um, specifically our elite sports listener league. For those who don't know who I am, by the way, I'm Jeff Mance. If you're just stumbling upon it, the podcast, this is episode 101. So you got a while to catch up on. I recommend uh, episode 100, the, the football roundtable, and also episode one. Go all the way back and find out just exactly what I am all about. I It's one of the most controversial episodes ever. Get to know me. It's basically I go through everything. Uh, race, religion, politics, everything. I go through the whole gambit. So there's transparency always because that's what we do. You can hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. That's channel 87. Also on the SXM app, you'll listen to me. That's on Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. I host the Elite Sports Show. Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, Phil Backard, Sandra Nello, all on there as well so um that's what we got going during the week you find me at fantasyguru.com elitefantasy.com elitesportsbetting.com all those three websites uh, are combined elitesportsdata.com as well and you can uh you, you can sprinkle in some other odds and ends in there as well where um uh that's part of the elite sports network i'm a part owner 
of the company and the chief content officer and all of that good stuff as well. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So that's out of the way. Um, on Elite Sports, we did a listener league and we qualified. To the, there are 48 people that qualified. It was four 12 team leagues that we ran on sleeper.com and through the sleeper app this fantasy football season. So I just want to shout out the league winners and the overall winners on this one. Um, the Dakota Brandon won the man's league, the uh, one format, one league overall. League title, Mike Wooten won the Ray Flowers League. Travis Dickinson won the Phil and Sandro League. And Evan Moshinsky won the Ted Schuster League. Congratulations to all those winners. But ultimately, there was only one ultimate champion. And as everybody who listens to the show knows, we did a we ran the regular fantasy football leagues, but then we did the for the playoffs, instead of just doing head-to-head, we did the top four finishers from every all four of those leagues. They all competed in daily fantasy football and we thinned out the herd from 16 to eight from eight to four and four ultimately competed for the top prize in week 18. And the winner there was Brian Oldham, the cheese uh, who got first place um, overall. So he won the whole thing. Congratulations to Brian. He's a loyal listener to this show. He's the cheese 68 in our, uh, our discord rooms over on elite fantasy and fantasyguru.com. So uh, congratulations to him. It's no small task. It was a great competition. A lot of real good competitors. Remember this is a league that I got my own ass beaten in uh, I, way out of the playoffs finished with the fourth worst record overall, only four wins. Uh, and I knew it on draft day, uh, you, they stole my guys and they got them. And I didn't, I learned a valuable lesson to always be prepared to draft against people that know you and know who you like and are targeting because building a team full of players that you don't like for a guy like me, that's almost impossible. So you kicked my ass. I loved every second of it. Proud of everybody, a great competition going on over there um other we also did a playoff fantasy football league and that's the one and done league that we do every postseason and we qualify people from that some of our most loyal folks uh, partake in that elite sports playoff listener league and it's only one weekend but two beavers are better than one <laughs> that's number one they uh, are in first place shark bait like good god this guy is the absolute hottest dfs player on the planet and now he's crushing it in postseason fantasy football as well. He's in second place, Drunk Spartans third, Franchise 39, and somebody who evidently didn't want to name his team or her team in fourth place. Fifth place, Robert Kraft's Happy Endings. DJ Severe, my dude, he is uh, represent very well in sixth place. DJ Severe, for those who don't know, he is the actual in-house DJ at Dodger Stadium for the Los Angeles Dodgers loyal listener to elite sports and just a all around great dude, great fantasy player as well. Towel snappers is in seventh danger is in eighth. Mr. Cooper, my guy at ninth atomic B a U M atomic bomb in 10th place. So that's the current leaderboard there. I'll keep you guys updated in this contest as well. So I just wanted to give shout outs to the winners uh, and the prizes have been doled out. I do owe Brian a trophy courtesy of trophy smack. Although I don't, I don't know why I say 
courtesy of because I don't know. I don't think they're paying for it. I'm paying for it, but we are going to get Brian a, uh, one of those uh, nice trophies to represent the elite mafia and his big win as well. So congratulations to all of the winners. Now let's get into a little wildcard recap. Oh, before I do that, I want to give an update. You may notice fantasyguru.com. I've got big news for everybody out there and you're going to hear it here first before anywhere else. And I'm not 100% sure if I'm supposed to even be talking about this yet. I, I I've never been told not to, I could do what I want. I shouldn't talk as if the people, the powers that be our investors are like some sort of miser that aren't allowing me. They let me do whatever the fuck I want. So um, I want to tell everybody right now that we've got big plans in 2022 and we don't sit around. We don't grow old. We don't grow tired. We, you know, yes, I yell and scream and I'll do coaching breakdowns and things that are, you know, tried and true from the history of me being in the industry, but we are always trying to advance and move forward and build new things and fun things. And most important, what we try to do is listen to our customers, our subscribers, our listeners, our readers, everybody who supports the elite mafia in any way, shape, or form. And one of the overwhelming things that everybody has been complaining about for years now, and I think we've all gotten way too used to it, but it's coming to a solution in a matter of weeks. We are moving all of our web properties. All of them are going to be condensed into one. And that is going to be fantasyguru.com. So elitefantasy.com, elite sports betting, it's all going to be hosted at fantasyguru.com. We're still going to have D DFS, of course, still going to have elite sports betting. We're going to still betting. In fact, we're still going to have parts of, you know, we have our data site, elitesportsdata.com. All of it, though, is going to be under the Fantasy Guru umbrella. It's going to be much easier for all of our subscribers to be on one site and kind of build around. It's going to allow us to have multiple sport, multiple site packages where you can have betting and DFS and seasonal all in one. All of it. I mean, let's be honest, folks. Think about my introduction at the start of this podcast. I say it on every single Sirius XM show as well. It takes me five minutes just to tell you guys where the hell I am, where to find my work. That's a fucking nightmare. It's a disaster doing this all the time. So we're going to take that away and we're going to build it all on just one platform on one website. And that's fantasyguru.com. So in the days and weeks and months ahead, you will slowly, but surely see it, our content migrate over to fantasyguru.com. So make sure you see it, make sure you're there, you know it. And you're going to find everything there. It's going to be nice and easy for you as well. Um, and plus, we have our app, our uh, Fancy Guru app that's out that debuted in the middle of football season. Obviously, we didn't time that right with uh, the start of the football season. But, you know, it's important to us to get an app because a lot of people ask for the app. Even though our website perfectly mobile friendly, you can do everything from running Optimizer, everything on it. But you guys wanted an app. You got an app. Now the app's going to be able to power everything. Okay, so there you go. So that's that's big news. Um, you'll see Elite Plus. That's our new podcasting network as well. Uh, we, we are launching brand new shows such as this one. 
Um, but this one's established, but we are launching and moving some of our other programs to the Elite Plus Network. And you're going to see a lot of cool new hosts and friends of the program and a lot more content built into that Elite Plus show, Elite Plus Network. And that's going to be our podcast network, the, the 50 podcast strategies that we do before baseball season and football season and our, all of them. Um, new shows from me. New shows from Ray and Kyle and Siege and Ricky and everybody uh, going to be part of that network. So I'm excited about where the future is going. We're, it, you guys are going to like it a great deal, especially if you're part of multiple sites with us. It's just going to be one nice place, nice and easy to do for a change. Good Lord. Can you imagine? How about that? We're finally getting our shit straight. So that's the big announcement there. Um any questions you have direct them to me. Cause quite honestly, uh, it's the stuff like our, our staff is aware, uh, but the lowdown and the behind the scenes and all that. So anything you guys want to know, hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. Uh, and then in the discord, hit me in discord. Cause that's where I'd like to hang out with all of you. You just tag me, whether it's NBA, NHL, NFL betting or seasonal or DFL, whatever, wherever, product you have whatever room you're in just tag me at jeff mans on the old uh, discord and you will ask me the question so there you go um exciting but exciting times right there i did want to get into the preview i also wanted to go back and do a little adp review something i haven't been able to do on the xm show at all and just talk a little bit about the hits and misses from this past year uh, I think it's you know important always to grade yourself, be transparent, and, and learn something from the misses and from the hits. You know, some good calls that we made. Why did we make them? Did we? Did they win for the right reasons? Uh, sometimes they lose for the right reasons, right? It's so I wanted to get into that on this show. Also, want to talk betting with a lot of you as well. No, not like pillow top versus. Posturpedic, no betting, <laughs> like NFL betting, sports betting. That's what I want to do. Somebody said that to me the other day. Like, what are we talking about betting all the time? What are you, are you selling mattresses? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, betting. Yeah. It's just weird. One of those weird words, right? <laughs> but, uh, let's get into it. My recap. I'll be quick for those who've heard my thoughts on some of these issues, but I could be uncensored. Remember, put the earbuds in. Don't let the kitties around. Um, you know, be cool. Bengals Raiders recap of that game is that the Bengals dominated. Um, I understand Raiders fans get get real mad when I say that they were never in the game because they did have a chance to tie it toward then. Yeah, you had a chance to tie it. Like I had a chance to date Jenny McCarthy in 1994. Like technically we're in the same space and, you know, nothing – is out of the ordinary, but that wasn't going to happen. If you did, Joe Burrow would have went right back down. That game was never close, even though the Raiders did hold a lead, but only because the Bengals hadn't had the football yet. So, no, Whistlegate was bullshit. Anybody who watched the game knows it. It didn't matter what that whistle blew as the ball was landing in Tyler Boyd's hands. Stop making excuses. And Raiders fans, I urge you to that. I'm a Bears fan. I didn't even make the playoffs. My team sucked ass and will continue to do so. Don't, it's not you, right? It's not you. Don't take yourself out of it. 
don't worry about who you want to root for and all that shit. Just if you can't be honest, then you, you're never going to be a winner in fantasy football period. And it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter. Even if you like, Oh yeah, I'm honest. I'll I'll be honest and, and negative about my team, but secretly you're not secretly you still oh my team and oh you always believe in anybody wears the uniform or your favorite team no you're it doesn't matter whether you admit it to yourself or not when you're not honest you can't be good at betting you can't be good at dfs you can't be good at seasonal fantasy football you're not going to win so the raiders never were really in that game congratulations for them to make the playoffs but the bengals were the better team and led and dominated throughout the only reason that whistle story was even a thing is because everybody blew up the halftime shows on Twitter about it. And then fucking Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter started tweeting him out. Nobody watched that thought it was anything except maybe Raiders fans who were like, Oh, an excuse to take a touchdown off the board. He would have thrown a touchdown on the next play. They would have went for it. Touchdown. It never happened. Buffalo, New England. Now New England knows how it feels for the rest of us. Now they realize, cause you don't have Tom Brady anymore you don't have the tuck rule you don't have all these things that led to all these freak occurrences that worked in your favor to allow you to win before tom brady was really tom brady and you don't have that now mac jones is going to have to grow into the role there's nothing wrong the patriots had a great season mac jones had a very solid season as a rookie i don't envision him ever being a a true difference maker but he'll be a sound tom brady wasn't a difference maker till 07 that's a fact. He just wasn't. He won two Super Bowls before that, but he wasn't a difference maker until that season when Josh McDaniels got there. So it's going to be a while for Mac Jones. Buffalo has the eye of the tiger. They are primed. They are ready. They're motivated. They're hungry. And they're an absolute danger to the Kansas City Chiefs this week at Arrowhead. I think the Bills go in there, and I don't think that game's that close. Right. Unless you know, Mahomes will have to have an amazing performance and I'm sure he's capable, but I don't see them winning that game. Buffalo's just got it. And I said it before the playoffs and I'll say it again. They're going to the Super Bowl of the AFC. I just strongly believe that finding that running game and playing with an edge, those two combinations is what they have the talent. They're one of the most talented teams. Josh Allen has proven Last year, an MVP-worthy season. This year, not, not quite MVP-worthy, but to me, a much better season for Josh Allen because he, he was really a more complete player all the way through. And now the coaching staff's a more complete coaching staff. They're running the football. And you get a lead, build it with Josh Allen, and run the shit out of the football and let that clock expire, and you win. That's that's football. No matter – you could change it. You could – do whatever else you want, whether it's power running or high flying passing games or any great special teams, all of it is great. But the bottom line is when you get a lead to protect a lead, what do you do? Control the football, control the clock, control your opponent's possessions. If you do that, you win and Buffalo's figured it out and they're going to win Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Um, it was a good step, first step for Philly. Resting your players ain't it, though, Nick Sirianni. How'd that work out for you? That was a uh, – what a pussy move that was uh, for him. Hurts wasn't ready. You know, it just wasn't – you know, wasn't a good game for Philadelphia. But they were overmatched. They knew they were going to be overmatched. And it just – 
that it is what it is. Um, I thought it was a good first season for Sirianna's team. They made tremendous strides in season. Jalen Hurts, for those who want to talk about how bad Jalen Hurts is throwing the football, you might want to put down your college scouting portfolio for a moment because back in at Alabama, the knock on Jalen Hurts is he was more athlete than passer. And Tua Tanglevoa comes in and he's the Mr. Accuracy and all this shit. And okay, but Tua's not that accurate, especially deep down the field. He's had a couple they dropped in to play. But Jalen Hurts has had several games down the stretch where he's throwing dimes. Absolute on point. Everything that Jalen Rieger gets dropped and everything that Devonta Smith usually ends up in a big play. You know what I mean? So um, this, it was a great first year. It's a good advancement for Jalen Hurts. He is an absolute beast. When you Here's something that I'll, I'll disclose to you guys. I have my 2022 fantasy football rankings all up there at fantasyguru.com. And one of the most surprising things to me is that when you're talking about a pure runner, Jalen Hurts is a better pure runner than Lamar Jackson. How many of you realize that Jalen Hurts is taller than Lamar Jackson? How many of you realize he outweighs Lamar Jackson by nearly 30 pounds? How many of you realize he's about 0.08 faster than timed speed than Lamar Jackson? How many of you know he has more broken tackles per game in the last two years than Lamar Jackson? He's a better runner. And I'll tell you what, he's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. Yes. I've never seen Lamar Jackson make the kind of throws Hurts did at times this year. Now it's uneven. It's very uneven, but so is Lamar Jackson. So when you start thinking about Jalen Hurts and his value going into next year and his dynasty league value, I think you got it with Lamar Jackson. The only, he doesn't have an MVP because they didn't build an offense for him like that. And he hasn't gone on that magical run. He, he honestly could have had some big numbers several games this year passing, if not for Jalen Rieger specifically. But that is, uh, you know, that that's that. And Jalen Hurts, this is a, uh, I think they, they evolved. They became a run first team. It's hard to defend run first team. The only thing with that is they ran into the worst possible matchup in Tampa Bay in the first round. I think they're, if, if the Eagles would have faced anybody else, fucking Green Bay, Dallas, nah, maybe not San Francisco. That would have been a bad matchup for them. But any other team in the entire NFC besides Tampa or San Francisco, and I think Philly could have pulled off an upset or you know at least been in the game or scared them at some point. This one was no contest. It was a bad matchup, but good first season for Sirianni, his crew, second season for Jalen Hurts. They need more pieces. They need to get younger. They're good in the trenches, but they really need to get younger because health has become a real issue along that offensive line. On Tampa's side, you know, Leonard Fournette, but Giovanni Bernard took over, kind of expected that. That's why he was on our radar over at EliteFantasy.com going into the weekend. And uh, split time with Keyshawn Vaughn, really played ahead of him most of the game to late, and Vaughn ran it out, got more touches, but Giovanni Bernard, definitely the guy. I think Fournette's back this week, so it'll be Fournette with Gio. 
I think Keyshawn Vaughn's dead. Ronald Jones probably not even going to play. So those guys aren't even, Le'Veon Bell could be cut or not even active. He'll probably be around, but he's going to be inactive, I think, on Sunday. Um, San Francisco-Dallas game, what a great game that was. And this is the game I stayed from the beginning to the end in our elite sports betting discord and just hung out and live bet with everybody. Those of you who were with me in the room, you, you kind of got an idea. And I talk about it a lot. I sound egotistical and I'll be egotistical. I'm not very, I'm not good at many things. It's just the truth. There's not like a lot that I'm good at, right? A pretty good broadcaster is a pretty, you know, a little above average or whatever you think of me as a broadcaster. But I know football, and I know how to win in fantasy. I know how to win daily fantasy, and I know how to win in betting on this sport. And I know football. So when you give me an opportunity to live bet on what's going to happen on a drive, like it's something that those who have followed my career for a while, you guys don't realize it. This is what I do. This is how I got on serious. It's, it's how I've moved my way up the ladder. I sat with people during football games and I can show them what I could do. I'm good at that. I know what coverages are. I know where pressure is coming from. I know what quarterbacks are thinking. I'm not Tony Romo or Peyton Manning or Lee Manning. No way. But I know my stuff when it comes to that, the game. And because I study coaches and tendencies, play calling and formations and all this stuff and factor it into all my fantasy information. It helps me tremendously on the fly during a game in game, realize, okay, this is what's about to happen. And for those who are in the, the betting room, you guys saw it five live drive bets in a row. Now I didn't bet every drive, but we made five bets on what the outcome of the drive would be. I actually have them written down somewhere. Let me, let me dig through all my notes and paperwork because uh, I was charting as I always do. And we had $10 field goal attempt on um, the third drive of the game, $145 on that moved it up to the fifth drive of the game. We bet on another field goal attempt at $50. And um, so we won $500 uh, on that one. And then we went up to, we did a, went to the sixth drive, very next drive. And we said touchdown for the Cowboys was our bet. And we hit that one. And then we did a $10 field goal attempt on the seventh drive. We hit that. And then we got shut out <laughs> and waited. And we did a punt on the, I believe it was the 11th drive uh, for the 49ers and won that. And then we came back and then we lost two in a row uh, field goal attempt uh, on the 12th and 15th drive, lost those, followed by a uh, other on the last 21st drive, and we won that. So six out of eight overall, that's what I do. And I did that on Thanksgiving um, as well during the games. And it's just sports betting hasn't been legal in Arizona. I haven't been allowed to do that. I haven't had the access to do that uh, for a while, but, they're they're They stopped me on that. They cut me off several times. I actually had to switch after the five for five. I actually had to move apps to Caesars from FanDuel because they shut me down. And I'm sure they'll shut me down most often because 
this is something I will win way more often than not in game betting. It's where it's at. So we crushed it in this game. Um, I did think the Cowboys would prevail before the game, but we hit all our player props in this game as well, including my three team parlay that I gave to everybody um, on this before the game. I had our subscribers at elite sports betting say, all right, tell me how much do you want to win and how much do you want to risk? Simple. Just tell me. And they said, well, I have a hundred dollars. Don't bet the whole thing. If you have a hundred dollars, don't bet the whole hundred. You know, what do you, what do you want to win from that? And, you know, we kind of came up with, all right, about a seven or eight to one bet is what you want. So I did a three team parlay of Cedric Wilson, over 40 and a half receiving yards, Amari Cooper, anytime touchdown and Debo Samuel over 29 and a half yards rushing all of it. won, And we won plus 800 on our bets across the board. So we did that. Um, we had Brandon Ioka over on receptions for that game. We also had the under 51 in that ball game, which hit. So we only lost Dak Prescott over touchdowns. And number one, he should have had another chance to throw that ball at the end of the game. Number two, he had that running touchdown, which he desperately didn't want to win. Didn't want to do. He didn't want to run it in either, but he had to because the coverage was too good. So, you know, feel really good about what we did there. And, you know, I'll talk a little bit later. I want to get into the nuances of live in game betting and what I look for, because it's fun. It's fun to see people's reaction. And I, so one of the secrets that I know is that when it comes to the game of football, every, that every sports fan, everyone, everybody listening, everybody knows baseball, everybody, whether you like it or not, totally different, but everybody knows baseball because you played it. Your moms and dads signed you up for little league, little league, little league, T-ball, everybody played. You all have experience, but almost nobody played football. Almost none of you listening played football and you know, it. you played in your backyard, you play with your friends, but it was touch, whatever. You didn't play organized football. So you don't understand the actual rules. All right. And it's 80 million people play fantasy football, almost 90 million people. According to the last survey from uh, for fantasy sports and gaming association, you're talking about 90 million people play fantasy football and you know, what percent of them, Five to 8% have actually played football ever at any level, peewee, flag, two-hand touch, organize, any organized football. Just didn't play. And thus, you don't understand the game. And that's, it's fine. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I just happened to be one of those people that did. Played it my whole life. And thus, I understand concepts and, and you know, um, coverages and they've grown and I've kept up with the times and, you know, zone blocking used to be illegal. And now it's a thing. It's very mainstream and Kyle Shanahan's running it and, you know, but kept up with it. So I understand this game or most people don't, that's where the advantage comes into and what teams are thinking and when and why they're calling certain plays and why or why not. Those are things I understand. And man, in the end game setting, Holy shit. It's too fucking good to be true, to be honest. It really, that's why I made a prediction on the show, the XM show the other day that they're going to ban it eventually because people who know what they're doing are going to cry. That's, that's something, knowing what's going to happen throughout a game, especially pregame, nobody, that's fucking hard, especially what player goes over 51. Like we had Christian Kirk on Monday night. 
and we needed over 51 and a half and he hit 51 yards. Like, give me a fucking break. Right. I mean, one yard, he had a eight yard catch before, you know, at the end of the, towards the end of the game, it was called back for holding too. So, I mean, we got totally fucking raped on that one. We got, that was brutal, but it is what it is. That's, you know, that's why it's a difficult thing. In game drive betting is not nearly that hard as it looks to most people. And it's not nearly as hard as the odds that were given. So that's why I'm really drawn to it. And it's why, as I mentioned, the elite sports network and elite fantasy and elite sports betting, and we're all moving to fantasy guru because we want, we need to be on the same page. We need everything in a confined area. We need to be close. We need to make sure everybody sees what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, you know, get it. We're going to be more, more teaching, more educating, more informing in our discords and in our shows and podcasts and everything else going forward. Because I think that's the most important thing. It's just the most important thing. Once you, once you've hung out with me half a dozen times watching in watching a football game, you will start to know things. You'll start to learn things and you'll start hell. I saw it on Sunday. We did this. And by Monday, I had some of you guys quoting me back to me. And it's like, Hey, we live, but I wasn't live betting the Cardinals Rams game, but you were, you guys were picking up some tendencies that right off, you know, right out. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Some of you never get it. I don't know why, because I think you want to think oh, I'm smarter and better. So, okay. But you don't listen. But some of you learn, and man, once you learn this this types this type of shit, I mean, you it's again learning to fish, and you feed your family for a lifetime doing it. And that's our goal here. So anyway, that was the 49er Dallas game. I do I, a lot has come out since that. I don't believe a fucking word of Mike McCarthy saying that Zeke Elliott was hurt, tore his PCL on Game Four. If so, why did you give him the most carries all season in Game Five against the Giants? Like, how dumb do you think we are, right? Like, how dumb do you really believe we are, Mike McCarthy? It's uh, McCarthy's the guy that can rally the players. Players like him because he's easy and, and smiley and easy to get along with. He's the placeholder type of coach, but he brings nothing. In the playoffs, you have to have dynamite players that perform at the tops of their games or you have to out-scheme, out-maneuver the opposing players and coaches. McCarthy can't do that, and Dak Prescott sure as hell did not step up to the table. Right? So he just didn't. It took way too long to deliver the ball, and that's why they lost the 49ers. 49ers tried to give it away, passing the ball. But Kyle Shanahan, I mean, how many – he had a lead against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl two years ago. Blue let them come back because he gave him the clock. He did it in the Super Bowl 51 with Atlanta, 28 to three up against the Patriots. Let them come back because he's throwing the ball, not taking any time off the clock. He's done it in Cleveland and Washington and Houston and Denver and Atlanta and now in San Francisco. It's what he is. He'll fuck it up this week against Green Bay. You, you, you have to be out of your mind to bet on the 49ers. Really, do player props, but they're not winning that game. They absolutely could and probably if they ran the ball, but they won't, they just won't do it. So don't bet on them. Anyway, um, other takeaways from that. Uh, that's about all I got that game. I mean, I've talked about it ad nauseum. 
Dallas is a super talented team, but the offensive line is starting to get way too long in the tooth. And without that, without Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and these guys being Lyle Collins, you know, and being an undisciplined team too, that's coaching as well. That it's a rude awakening for Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Lamb, Cooper, all these guys. When you don't have that great offensive line, to pass protect for your run run block, the whole house of cards implodes. And that's what's happening in Dallas. And that's that time bomb is ready to go off. It's already gone off several twice the last three years. Lucky they stayed as healthy as they did this year. Good luck doing it again. Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Listen, Roethlisberger, great career. I'm not so sure whether he's a Hall of Famer. Everyone says he is. Great. Good numbers, two Super Bowls, cool. Um, I don't see the Hall of Fame. I think that if the Hall of Fame was, if Ben Roethlisberger was out of football four years ago and, you know, the voting was like now or in a year or two, yeah, he gets in. And he'll probably still get in, let's be honest, uh, you know, probably uh, in four years, five years when he's eligible. But, he, his numbers aren't going to look as good by comparison when some of these other behemoths start retiring. And, you know, I'm not even talking about Brady, man. I'm talking about just, there, there's an extra game in the schedule. There's way more passing these days than there are, um, than there was when he first started. And it, it's just, you know, you're going to, he's going to get shot past both in yardage and touchdowns and, and everything else. I mean, right now, Roethlisberger, I think he's shit. I can't remember if he's fourth or fifth or somewhere in there in passing yards, but you're talking about like, you know, guys like Rogers and Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, uh, Russell Wilson. These guys are going to be passing him post haste. And then again, when you start talking about four or five more years, everyone's throwing for 5,000 yards. It's 25,000, you know, yards a season. I mean, fuck, he could get passed by car cousins. He can get passed by, um, Mahomes will definitely pass him. Dak Prescott, you know, guys like this, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, for crying out loud, there's, so when you start, Will two Super Bowl victories help? Yes, that's going to be his entire case. But the raw numbers aren't going to look as good five, six years from now. So we'll see what happens with him. But um, a great career. Um, just didn't have much to go on the rest of, uh, in this game. They got off to a lead. TJ Watt should be the MVP of the league. I've said that a million times because he's a one-man wrecking machine. But there's only so much he could do. And then the Chiefs offense got on him and just blew it up. And it'll be a great game. The best game of the divisional round is Buffalo and Kansas City. The last one on Sunday night should be great. Then we have the Monday night game, Rams in Arizona, and Kyler Murray's a cuck. We, we know he's a cuck. We called it during the draft. I'm going, he promised he's going to go play baseball for the Oakland A's, and then he has a great year at Oklahoma. And, oh, by the way, uh, Kyler Murray at Oklahoma had – Lincoln Riley's offense that's done wonders and Jalen hurts put up 
I don't know about better and Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts. So everybody Lincoln Riley's had has looked pretty damn good. And then he also had Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb to throw the ball to. So uh, not as enamored with Kyler Murray as we were coming out. But he doesn't want to be hit. Doesn't want to be touched. He is once they get down, he absolutely shuts it down. He just implodes. And that's not going to change. He needs the only way Kyler Murray's an effective NFL quarterback is if he's running, which means his window to succeed is very minimal. And he has to do it soon. And while and while he's young, because once you get 30 years old, I mean, we're seeing it with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's three times the passer Kyler Murray is. And Russell Wilson wasn't nearly the runner that Kyler Murray is. But Russ is when he stopped running made himself way more one-dimensional and much more defendable. Kyler Murray not running is just, he's not a weapon. He's just not a weapon throwing the football. Just simple. He's not. Cliff Kingsbury is, should not be head coach in the National Football League. Uh, and that's that. You can't win with Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12. You can't win with a team that's absolutely stacked. Each of the last two years had two golden opportunities to win either in 2020 when you start the season at five and two and, you know, finish at eight and eight, absolutely brutal. And then in 2021, where you were the number one seed in the NFC, number one seed in the NFL at eight and one and to even at nine and eight, you're 10 and two at one point, the Arizona Cardinals and to lose four other last five games and then ease, just get destroyed by the LA Rams in the first round is unacceptable. And Kingsbury, unfortunately his entire career has been like that in college and the pros and he should be fired. He just should be. He's an offensive coordinator that's pretending to be a head coach. It's, it's sad in a lot of ways. So there you go. That's my uh, recap. I want to, let's go back. I want to do a little ADP talk with you. I'll get to some betting uh, survivor and bets that I like for this year, but let's go back and let's just look at some things. And I'm not going to be able to get to nearly as many as I would like in in this segment here, but I want to talk about the preseason average draft position in fantasy football, what we thought then and what we thought now. Because revisionist history is just paramount in our culture. Everybody pretends that they like the things that are good and didn't like the things that are bad. They sweep all the losses under the rug. I don't like doing that. I like putting my losses right out in front. I'll talk about my losses 20 to 1 over my wins just because it pisses me off more. It motivates me more. And I need that. I need to get better, continue to get better. So um, the overall top 12 last year at the start of 2021 Christian McCaffrey is the number one pick obviously did not go very well. I drafted in my only league that was had the number one pick. I actually drafted him and uh, looked good for two weeks. And then it all went to shit and it was over. Dalvin cook. Second did not work out. Alvin Kamara third though. Did Alvin Kamara third overall work out? Mm, not really because I mean, Kamara had a good season. He finishes our running back eight overall, still averaged 18 points a, a, a game. 
If you look at it, though, everything I said about Kamara and his reliance on catching the ball was everything. This guy ran for the most yards he's ever run for, and yet only 3.7 yards per carry. It was pretty dog shit when you think about it. So did Kamara work out? I'm, I'm just going to call it a no. Top three picks didn't work out. Derrick Henry, did he work out? No. Sad. I mean, he would have, obviously, because of injury. But the facts are the facts, and it is what it is. And Derrick Henry, I mean, it speaks to how great of a season he had going for him that he still finished in the top 24 of fantasy football running backs. That is simply amazing. He was RB 22 for the season, had 937 yards, 10 touchdowns, 154 yards uh, on receptions and 18 receptions, averaged 24 points, easily number one in points per game of the season. But – just not enough those eight games no doubt he helped us no doubt about it but the rest of it no he he didn't so that was a miss it was a failure unfortunately once again um zeke elliott was fifth obviously that one didn't work out either and a lot of regrets was zeke elliott although i will say zeke elliott finished seventh amongst running backs zeke elliott had more fantasy points than Alvin Kamara this year. So <laughs> Kamara at three or Zeke at five. Well, Zeke worked out more than Kamara. All right. Um, I'll say he didn't work out either quite. We didn't get that kind of return out of him. Devonte Adams was six. He absolutely worked out. Although, you know, missed some time there as well. Was not the number one wide receiver on the season, but was number two to Cooper cup. Um, yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams absolutely worked out the sixth overall pick. Travis Kelsey at seven. This is where a lot of people are going to say he didn't work out. But when you compare, he was only number two at tight end. First time in six years, Travis Kelsey was not the number one tight end, but that's because Mark Edwards or Mark Andrews had such a great season. Now, Andrews had 107 catches for 1361 yards. Kelsey caught 92 passes for 1125, nine touchdowns, same amount as Andrews. So, you know, and he had a rushing touchdown. So wasn't that far behind Mark Andrews that, by the way, do you want to know who was the third highest scoring tight end of the season? You won't get it. If I gave you 17 picks, you wouldn't get it. Dalton Schultz. Yeah. One site in the world was recommending Dalton Schultz in the mid rounds this past year. And that was us at fantasyguru.com. Check the tape. Go check it. I never were. I saw it coming at the end of last year. I saw it coming even the last two starts for Dak Prescott after Jarwin went down in 2020, that there was a connection with him and Dak Prescott. I didn't expect this kind of season. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that great of a season. Average 12.3 fantasy points per game. Wasn't That's not that great. But when you compare it to other tight ends, like the precious Kyle Pitts, who averaged 10.4, Ertz 10.6, Goddard 11. It was right. So um, Kelsey worked out. I mean, I hate to say it. Everybody gets so mad at me, but it's true. You're getting six more points per game than the people, than others at the position that are just a couple of spots behind you. You know what I mean? That's, that's an advantage. And I hate to say it, but it, it works. It's, you didn't get that from Zeke and Camara. You didn't, sorry. 
Jonathan Taylor is eighth, obviously worked out. Tyree Kill, ninth. Now, Tyree Kill, a very up and down season, quite frankly, for the Chiefs wide receiver. This guy was an absolute beast for the first eight weeks and then kind of felt faltered off. Still had 110 catches, had 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, his wide receiver, six. So I put him in a, that's a win at pick nine. Austin Eckler was the 10th overall pick. And that was my guy, our guy over at fantasyguru.com. I got every, I, everybody. This is where everybody's revising history. I'll never forget the names and faces and voices of people telling me he can't stay healthy. He can't score touchdowns. The chargers offense is pass heavy. He can't do anything. Well, no. Joe Lombardi offense is a gold mine for running backs. He was the new Alvin Kamara of this year. And uh, what do you know, everybody? No sooner did I say that than Eckler leads all running backs in targets and was second only to Najee Harris, who thanks to a 15 catch game clipped him by four. Otherwise he leads everybody in receptions as well and led all players in touchdowns with 20 this season. Austin Eckler is your number one fantasy running back folks. And he did it by uh, Taylor's number one. I'm sorry. Eckler was number two. And there's a pretty good margin between him and the number three guy who was Najee Harris, right? It's a, a big deal, big difference between them. So Eckler was a massive win, proud of that call and stuck by it. Aaron Jones with the 11th pick. No way. He split with AJ Dillon most of the year. Stefan Diggs 12th. Nah, didn't really, wasn't a bad season for Stefan Diggs, right? It wasn't that bad, but at the same time, did we get what we thought? He was wide receiver seven. He was just behind Tyreek. I'll call him a win. Fuck it. I'll call, I'll call Diggs a win at that spot. That was 10 touchdowns saved him. But top 12 guy, uh, Nick Chubb was 13th, Antonio Gibson 14th, Najee Harris 15th. That's obviously a win. Saquon Barkley 16th, Calvin Ridley was 18th in ADP, DeAndre Hopkins, or he was 17th, 18th was Hopkins, Metcalf 19th, Joe Mixon 20th. So, you know, what do we learn from this? We learned a lot of first round picks simply don't hit. And some, it's just circumstance like Derrick Henry. It just sucked. What can you do? Injuries and everything else. Some, you know, it's injuries and up and down games, which is both injuries. McCaffrey, we should have seen coming. He hasn't stayed healthy in two years. Anybody who's had two years of injury plague seasons, don't touch them. Don't touch them even at value, even at their ADP. Don't ever draft these players. They have a rotten, terrible history. If they come back, so be it. But most of the time, they do not. Now, what about the league winners? Now, that's where the real question is the league winners. Where, did, where were the league winners drafted? And the players that were league winners in fantasy football at the quarterback position, um, Allen, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Stafford, Dak, Burrow, Hertz, Murray, Cousins, Tanhill. That was your top 12 in points. The, um, when you compare that to the ADP, I mean, the real true league winners were Herbert, Brady, Stafford, and Hertz. Drafted 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th off the board at the quarterback position. But those were the guys that, and Joe Burrow, who was 13th. That was a league winner, too. 
Those are guys who performed Kirk Cousins at 19th league winner. And those are guys that you draft way late and outperformed by a mile at the running back position, the true league winners at running back. I mean, we pretty talked about Eckler is a league winner. Taylor was league winner. Harris was a league winner Mixon, but they all costed early picks. The real winners, James Connor, Leonard Fournette, and I hate to say it, I'll throw in Cordero Patterson. He was a he was not even drafted. He was drafted as a wide receiver, but you know for what he did from for an eight week stretch of the season, now he completely fucked you in the playoffs, completely. But he did the job. I didn't buy in. I'll never buy in. But it is what it is. We drafted these guys super duper late in all of our league. Najee Harris, 11th running back off the board to finish third. That's a winner. Mixon, 13th running back off the board, finished fifth. It's a winner at that position because all running backs are drafted early. Realistically, they, I mean, they get moved up and up the board considerably. Um, you could call Sony Michelle a league winner. You call, um, um, cause down the stretch, he was Daryl Henderson for a while. Look good, but Fournette was the running back 39 off the board, right? 109.15 was his ADP. And James Conner just so happened to be 40th running back off the board. Those guys are league winners. Those are the ones that catapult. Those are difference makers. Remember, in drafts, you build your team. You should just build all your team full of safe and secure guys and then choose a couple of players in the mid to late rounds to take your shots. Because those are the ones that win. Fournette, Connor, no matter who else you had, right? Even if you if you had fucking McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry combined with what he did in the first eight weeks, and then Connor the second eight weeks. Holy shit, uh, that's a beast right there. At the wide receiver position, we all know there's two guys above all else. Three, I'll call. I'll say three above all else that were the league winners. And the league winners at the wide receiver, obviously Cooper Cup is number one player of. Now I missed on Cup. I was against Cooper Cup. I am pissed at myself. It's a huge miss for me. It's a big miss because I wasn't just indifferent. I was anti Cooper Cup. I didn't in his entire life. Matt Stafford was never a guy who fed the slot. Never fed slot receivers. Never. Mm -mm. And this season was Cooper Cup in the slot, Robert Woods on the edge. Except that it wasn't. Cooper Cup played outside. That was my miss. That's how I missed it. And that's, you know, Tyler Beaker at Fantasy Guru. He does work at Lee Fantasy. He's our wide receiver coach. He speculated that he thought Cooper Cup would play on the outside. And more often, I did not. I should listen to Tyler in this because – that's all it took because I was super high in Robert Woods, super high. And, and him going down also really helped Cooper Cup, let's be honest. But it was that that really led to Cooper Cup playing on the outside all the time once, once Woods went down. But he was playing on the outside even before that. So I'd love to chalk that up as an excuse. I can't. I missed that Cooper Cup, but guess what? A lot of us did. He was wide receiver 17 off the board. At pick forty one point eight nine, I mean, again, you're getting you're talking fourth, fifth round is where Cooper Cup was being taken. That's 
your league winner. That's the guy that is just a dramatic win. The other guy is Debo Samuel. He was wide receiver 35 off the board and 80.75 overall. I mean, you start looking at that and pick 80 is the seventh round. That's a seventh round pick finished as wide receiver three behind only cup and Adams. We saw what Debo did even in the wild card round, rushing the football, catching the football. This dude's an absolute phenomenon. So he was that. And the other one um, is one, and I, I was not on Debo. Now I will say this. It's weird because three wide receiver winners. I was against Cooper cup, big loss for me. I was, I'll call myself neutral on Debo because I was anti Brandon. Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk was taken pick 54 overall the beginning of the uh, fifth round that I was thousand percent against it. I liked Debo Samuel at ADP over Brandon Ayuk, but I was just kind of like, eh, I had no shares in 20 leagues of Debo Samuel, unfortunately. So that's a miss for me kind of, but I was not on Ayuk. So I steered people in the right direction. I just didn't land. So it's a neutral. The other one's a direct hit. That was Jamar Chase. I kept on Jamar Chase because the relationship, even though a bad training camp and couldn't catch the ball and all these problems that he had, I stayed on Jamar Chase. I love that he dropped. He was wide receiver 27 off the board. And only reason he was that high is probably because of our uh, fantasy guru subscribers. Cause that was our dude. And he finished as wide receiver five, I believe on the season. So um, 13 touchdowns for him, 1,455 yards for Jamar Chase, a spectacular rookie campaign there. So those were some of the league winners at tight end. Obviously Mark Andrews was a league winner. I think Dalton Schultz helped out league winner. Zach Ertz, these are guys. And I was way in on hundred percent in on Ertz. Had him ranked higher than Goddard going into the season. Now he got traded that added to it, but Everybody else jumped up at Gronkowski. They jumped up at um, Noah Fant. People were drafted Darren Waller high. I was not on any of them. I have a lot of shares of Andrews this year. I had Kelsey. I had Andrews. I did have one share of Waller, and I had one share of Kittle. Kittle ended up being tight end four overall, but oof, only 14 games and was impossibly up and down. But I think avoiding Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts had a good rookie season, but a rookie tight end doesn't produce 10.4 fantasy points per game. I'll be all in Kyle Pitts next year, but I think we were right in the fade in 2021. So there you go. Some of the ADP recap there. Uh, Let's get to it. Winding down episode 101. I'll give you my bets for the divisional round. I think it's pretty obvious if you listen to me. I've alluded to it many times in this one, Sanford, or I'm sorry, Tennessee hosting the Cincinnati Bengals and that one. Um, I'll pick a brigade, but I'm not going to give you my official bet. I think that the Bengals win that game. I'm not going to tell you what my bet is. I'll just tell you my one favorite bet. San Francisco, Green Bay. Stop it. Stop it. Green Bay is going to win in postseason. Survivor, by the way, the Chiefs in both of my entries last week. And, of course, they won in advance. I've only lost twice in Survivor all season. That's pretty freaking good. Green Bay is the pick. Green Bay is winning. I'm sorry. I know. 
A lot of people. Everyone's sexy at 49ers. A lot of money coming out of 49ers. No. Green Bay wins that game, period. Rams, Tampa, that one's, to me, that's closest call. Closest call. I'm going to go with Tampa. Sean McVay will find a way to fuck it up. Um, And then the final game, Buffalo at Arrowhead at Kansas City. This is my bet of the week. I am going Bills plus two and a half right now. You find on DraftKings Sportsbook at plus two and a half. They win the game outright. I'll take the points just because um, you're not, we're not getting a massive difference between the, um, we're not getting enough odds on the money line on Buffalo. If it went up, you can be plus 120, plus 130, something like that. Like, okay. But I think too many sharp people are on that one. So not something that I think I necessarily want to go to. Um, they're plus 108 right now. Yeah, that's not enough. No, no, no. Plus 120 or over, take the money line. Otherwise, take the points plus two and a half right now. That is my bet of the week. And the upset, I'll go back. I think the Bengals over the Titans, that's my upset. Because I think they win anyway. Again, I think there's a couple upsets based on what other people are thinking, but like Buffalo over Kansas City, but I'll go with Cincinnati over the Tennessee Titans. I know um, Derrick Henry's back, but he's got steel plate in his foot. I don't, I don't know. I just think Cincinnati could run them out of the gym. Too much offensive firepower, and I think it's a bad matchup for the Tennessee Titans. So there you go. Those are my picks of the week. We'll be back here again next week. Same podcasting place, same podcasting channel. Hey, folks, tell a friend, spread the word. We always could use, we want to pump out more episodes. We've got the Elite Plus Network that is launching over at fantasyguru.com. More shows like this. I want to, here's a challenge to all of you out there who listen to this show. I want to keep one man's opinion free. I want to keep one man's opinion uncensored. And I want to keep one man's opinion just sort of free range, but I want to keep the show as is. But if I, I am launching a new show, it's going to be a podcast form. What do you guys want me to do? Do you want me to break down film? Do you want me to do round tables like we did last episode? Do you want to hear more of me and Ted Schuster or Ray flowers or behind the scenes at elite and XM or the fantasy industry? Do you want more X's and O's? Do you want more data, more numbers, more gambling, more DFS, more seasonal? Want combinations of all that? I don't I want to create a show for you guys. And all I committed to at this point is that I will do a new podcast for our elite sports network and that it won't get in the, the way of this show. That's what I've committed to. But I don't have a direct thing yet. I've got a lot of ideas and what my new show is going to be about, but I want to do something for all of you that support this program and the XM show and our network elite sports network. I want to do something that's directly for you. This one's for me. This is, I rant about all kinds of shit and talk about my childhood and family and all that stuff. And you guys, you'd like it. Sometimes you probably kind of like get tired of, it. I get it, but this, this one's for me. Next one's for you. I want to know what, you guys want what can what do you want from me most and then i'll i'll uh, do my damn best to provide that for you in our next offering all right so that's the deal uh if you're an elite subscriber hit me up in the elite fantasy or elite sports betting or fg 
Discord and tell me what you think of that. Hit me up on Twitter. I you know I don't like to do a lot on Twitter because like fucking you know all the I'm on private now my account, so I'm not that worried about it. But people fucking steal my ideas all the time. They always are trying to do what, what's man's doing. I'll fucking take his thing. They constantly do that, especially people who used to work here. They steal my ideas constantly because they know I got good ones, or they know I listen to you. That's really what it is. So that is that. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you for listening. Let's go win some money. If you're not signed up with our betting, and you, I will be live betting the Buffalo Kansas City game. I'm also going to be in the house for uh, most of Cincinnati, Tennessee, a lot, and three quarters of San Francisco Green Bay on those games. I'll be around for the Rams in Tampa Bay, but not going to hold myself to the discord in that one. But Buffalo Kansas city will be my game this week where I sit there and live bet and watch it, break it all down with all of you. If you're not part of that, dude, it's 25 bucks. Go to elitefantasy.com. Upper right corner is joined now 25 bucks for the rest of the season, all the way through the super bowl. Come in, chat with me, talk DFS, talk betting. You get both betting DFS and you get, seasonal too you actually get all three so just jump in it's 24.99 give me a break if you have any problems or if you already subscribed to one elite fantasy or something like that hit us up at support at elitefantasy.com tell them you want to add betting man sent you and give me the best deal possible and we'll probably carve 50 percent off that i mean it's 12 fucking dollars right come on it's worth it for the one-time hang, quite honestly. And I'll do it every week. I'm going to do it in the championship game. I think I'll do it both championship games a weekend. I'll be able to be in there all the way through that. So, um, yeah. And by the way, you know, off-season packages are launching. XFL's coming out, USFL. So football season's never ending for us, ladies and gentlemen. Not by our watch. Not on our watch. That's it for me. I'm done. Obviously, I'm out. I will see you guys next time. Appreciate it once again. At Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. You may agree or disagree with some or all that you heard on today's episode. And it's perfectly all right, folks. Why? You know why. Because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.